Welcome in. Brand new betting preview for this week's Mayakoba Championship. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there. Andy Lack. Andy, good to see you. Good to see you too, man. I would say that this is, for as far as fall swing events goes, um, this is probably one of my favorite. So excited to sit down and talk some Mayakoba with you. Yeah, the golf course is fun, right? Yeah. And- different and unique and then you it's at least top heavy at the top there's like a big four and scotty and victor and colin and and tony finau and then the rest the rest of the field is like guys that i play or bet every single week so I'm, I'm pretty happy with the field quite honestly yeah and i think one of the things that the fall swing struggles with is finding compelling narratives like it feels like a lot of these tournaments just don't really have any character or identity i think Trying to see if Victor can win this three times in a row is compelling. Like I, I am actually as a golf fan and viewer, I will bet anything that moves, but as like a golf fan and viewer, I'm actually compelled to see what Victor does in his title, title defense, his title defense, defense or whatever. Yeah. Now uh, I was thinking about this last night. Who are the guys that have won the same event three years in a row? Obviously, Tiger probably did it, you know, 900 times. I can only think of one more. Um, Tiger is the only one that comes to mind. This was something I easily thought about researching and probably would have taken like 20 minutes to research and just didn't get to in my busy yes yesterday. But what's the uh, do you have a non-Tiger division one that I, you can I think do. about the top of your head? Yeah, the only other one I I figured out was uh, Steve Stricker, John Deere, John Deere three years in a row, right? Yeah, it wasn't that's like three out of four years. I'm pretty sure it was three in a row. Yeah, that's a good one. I figure Tiger's probably done it at yeah Bay Hill, yeah, or you know, yeah, maybe if there's yeah, if I'm there's like probably that. like eight eight occurrences of it ever, and Tiger is probably seven of them or something outrageous like that. Yeah, and I. <laughs> Listen, I think Victor has a better chance this year than, I mean, this field is significantly weaker than the field that he beat last year, right? So um, I think he can do it. Do you think he can do it? He's your guy. Are you betting him? I bet him every week, so it's like not a fair thing. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, listen, the game, you know, the deficiencies are being less deficient. And Mm -hmm. I think he gets to a place like this that he knows um, playing out of the short grass and the fact that he can hit it longer than most who are that straight, like is a big advantage. And yeah, I think he gets, he definitely gets up. I, I will tell you, I, I texted him yesterday. He called this the fifth major. So that's, that's how he treats, <laughs> that's how he treats this. Okay. So he is definitely ready for this. I would say there's been like a, I'm hesitant to call it like a giant improvement, but I would say there's been, I've noticed recently, like a, pretty subtle uptick in his around the green stuff. Yeah. Like it seems like he is at least very cognizant that that is probably the aspect of his game. That's holding him back from being a top five player in the world. And he has been kind of working on it. And for the record, I think this is a golf course where like the degree of part of the reason he's had so much success here. I think the degree of difficulty of the around the green shots here is fairly low. Um, the ball tends to sit up a little bit and make it a little bit, a little bit easier to get around town. Here's, here's the odds board. Uh, this is odds checker, which, uh, they pull in all the lines and kind of show you the best numbers available. 
there's a lot more people who now have access to shopping multiple books. So now if you do have the access to shopping multiple books, this is a, a super handy tool. Um, no surprise to see kind of the two at the top, Scotty Shuffler, nine to one, Victor Hovland going for the three Pete at 11 to one. Then Billy Horschel sneaks his way in here. Uh, the same odds, 18 to one as both Colin Morikawa and Tony Finau. Those are really I called it a big four earlier, Andy, but uh, I guess we have to throw Billy Horschel in here odds wise and make it a big five. Yeah, um, I think that they're I mean, honestly, Aaron Wise is kind of getting the love as well here. I've seen Aaron Wise as low as 20 to one at a bunch yeah. of places. But for me, it's Colin. Um, I still believe in the ball striking. At vint- it was a kind of a vintage Colin Morikawa performance at the CJ Cup where he I think he gained like over six ball striking over. Yeah, four and a half with approach like. Obviously, it was the putter that held him back, but this is a guy that lost eight strokes putting at Riviera and then won the concession at his next start. We see a lot of major variance with this guy's putter where he has proven on multiple occasions that he can look downright lost with the putter one week and come back the next week and putt well enough to win a tournament. So for me at the top, uh, Colin is the player that has my most interest. So we've been on this run of 20 to one or shorter winning and sort of chalk winning, which essentially guarantees I'm not going to be winning anything in the outright market when, you know, 12 to ones are constantly coming in. How seriously do we need to take this? Right. I mean, this is, this is now probably 10 months of like disproportionately short odds guys winning golf tournaments. Maybe it's attributed to kind of the middle of the pack and the live guys leaving, but the, the this this part of the board has been more profitable in the last 10 months than it probably ever has been um, since Tiger was winning half of the events he played. I still, I think you need to take it seriously. I think it is a fair thing to assess. I mean, it's not going to stop me from, like I bet CT Pan this week at 180 to one because I just can't help myself. Right. But no, you know, last week, Rick was actually a week where I really felt like I noticed it where um, Seamus power was a good example of this, where if you looked at Seamus powers numbers heading into the event, he's like lost with his irons. Like it was the worst iron run of his entire career. He had lost on like seven straight starts. He's coming off a start where he lost seven strokes on approach, something like that. Like it was just literally in my opinion, unplayable, but then you, like look at it a second time and you're like, well, is Seamus power probably a top four player in this field? Just if you strip everything down and think about talent, probably. And there you go. You see him win. Right. So I I think that there probably is something there. I don't know if it's, it's gotta be more than just the fall swing because this has been going on for quite a long time. But I would say that the only thing that I'm changing is Sometimes I get bogged down by the numbers and if a bad player and I underestimate a great player's ability to cut through whatever he is showing short term statistically and bet on the talent, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just like look at the last 100 rounds and then yeah. start looking at the, compare that to the odds board. Um, I, pu- I brought up Scotty Scheffler here because he's he's the favorite, Andy, but man, um, the, the stats don't really elicit a ton of confidence. You know, he made the putter switch in South Carolina and had his worst putting performance since the 2021 
tour championship. So that didn't, that wasn't the quick fix that he was looking for. I, I mean, there's a path where if Scotty can just gain one stroke with the putter, he wins this thing, right? I mean, the rest of the, the rest of his game is so sound. Right. And he's been good at this course before I, I he finished fourth last year. I think he has another top 22. Um, I, it's just the odds are too short. And I don't think that Scotty, I, I think that he has done enough to warrant those type of odds in this field and probably deserves those type of odds for, you know, the next couple of tournaments that he plays based on what he was able to accomplish last year. With that being said, it's just a little bit too short for me. And honestly, if I'm going that high at the top, I'd rather bet Hovland. Yeah, makes sense. I, I probably should have included Aaron Wise uh, in that discussion because there's a pretty big drop drop off from him at 20 to one to Grillo, McNeely, Hoagie at 35. This is the range that, you know, if I didn't know anything about um, how frequently the favorites have been winning these golf tournaments, I'd be just like, drooling at this, right? I mean, the opportunity to get like Brendan Todd, who's had great success at Mayakoba, 45 to one Jason day. Who's hitting it. Well, again, 50 to one. I, I, I like this range. I'm just worried if one of these guys can actually pull it off. Yeah. I, I mean, there are a couple of guys I like, I I'll throw in Tom Hoagie and Emiliano Grio too. Um, Tom Hoagie has a very specific skill set that is going to make him a lot of money on the PGA tour. And that is that over a large sample size, he is like a top five wedge player in the world. Like he is inside 150 yards. It's Morikawa. It's Russell Henley. It's Tom Hoagie, right? Like it's Justin Thomas, right? Like Tom Hoagie is now we have two years of data that Tom Hoagie is one of the best wedge players in the world. And that is a skill set that I believe is going to make him a ton of money for a number of years. And I think that this is a golf course where you have one par four over 460 yards. Um, I think that three par threes under 155 yards. I just think that this is a spot that is going to accentuate his best skill set. So Hoagie was probably the guy in this range that I had the most interest in. He's playing great. He's putting better and he's still missing the shorties, right? Like I've, I swear yeah. I've seen him miss like three five footers in the last couple of, of times and he's still you know plus two in in each of his or more in each of his in his last four he's been he's been phenomenal um let's continue to go down here look at this if you th i mean is this right taylor montgomery 28 to 1 at DraftKings, but caesars is still hanging a 50 on him that that's why i like the grid <laughs> The grid's great. Um, yeah, I just like you see there's been some I saw some pretty big variance between. Yeah, like even D tree a little bit, too. Um, Montgomery is just someone I'm never going to bet. Like, yeah, I've just, you're just I, like you're out on him for sure. Well, it's just like if you've been playing him, keep playing him. I totally get it. If you haven't been playing him, like I'm not going to hop on to a guy that's gained what? 25 strokes putting in his last four events. Like oh, I'm just are you, like, are you trying to tell me he is not Lucas Herbert and Denny McCarthy combined into one? And Cam, yeah, and Cam Smith, like just he's past Cam Smith and true strokes gained as the best putter over the last year. And I thought Cam Smith was like on the most insane putting run I've ever seen. So yeah, I, I listen. I, I just like I, I'm never going to bet this guy, and he, he is probably going to continue to beat me but I have done well in my career, not chasing putting. And so I'm not going to start now, but man, 
I mean, it's just like after a certain point, you just have to be like, man, wow. Yeah, it's 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 an unbelievable run. You know, you get you get a couple of the like past Palm guys down here. Like uh, you mentioned Emiliano Grillo, he's got great a great record on past Palm. He's obviously much shorter, but like Joel Damon, whose whose win came in Punta Cana, and he's got a bunch yeah. of results. Otherwise, he's seventy to one. Is there anything else kind of in in this tier that we should discuss? Yeah, I think Damon's going to be a really popular bet. Um, I didn't get there for an outright, but I definitely have some interest in him in terms of DraftKings and some positionals. Uh, I bet Hayden Buckley at yeah. eighty to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, seems like he. It's still a. We still don't have like a ton of data on him, but he is an incredibly accurate driver of the ball. It appears, and to me, this is a position a position b golf course like you are dead on arrival if you cannot drive the ball in the fairway here if you're in the mangroves you're not hitting the green in regulation it's most likely a penalty stroke right and hayden buckley is a player that has proven over a decently large sample size that driving accuracy is like a skill for him and he's been playing great this fall swing so buckley was probably the guy of the most interest in he was 15th in accuracy in the 2022 season. And right now he's 36th, obviously very small, a smaller sample size here in the fall. And he's seventh in strokes gained off the tee. I watched yeah. him. I watched a lot of him in Vegas. He left so many strokes out there. Right. And he was like furious with his game. It was, it looked terrible. I looked it up at the end of the end of the week. I was like, Holy crap. He still finished T20. It's like this guy. I think there is a lot of juice to squeeze out of Hayden Buckley still. Hundred percent. And I was talking to our friend that we did a podcast with last week, Joseph Lamania. Um, and I asked him because he he looks at data very similarly to we do, except he does it in the context of like schedule optimization and working specifically with players. And I asked him, like, what's one player that you think is really freaking good? that maybe we haven't isn't a household name yet. And he immediately was like, Hayden Buckley. <laughs> I was like, huh, interesting. I'm like kind of seeing it too. So yeah, I think, I think this is a good time 80 to one to attempt to be early on a guy like Hayden Buckley. And yeah, we'll see. Uh, triple digits. You mentioned CT pan. Uh, we haven't gotten that far yet, but Burmeister has been playing well all over the world as, as short as 65 to one, as long as 100, who are some of the dart throws that are worth, uh, this, this triple digit number here. I have a Justin uh, problem. I mean, it's just like, I was talking, I was talking to a, a friend last night on a podcast and he was like, are you, are we sure Justin says not a Ponzi scheme? And I was like, no, I'm oh. not sure. I can't definitively say that, but uh, he hit the ball great at the CJ Cup. And this is a guy that coming out of college was in the class of Morikawa and Hovland and Wolf and was anyone's best bet to be just as good as those players. And he's kind of stalled at the beginning of his career, but I still think that he has the talent and pedigree to succeed at this level. Um, so would be a guy that I was interested in. I bet Svensson pretty much every week. Uh, I think this is another one of those, like he's been good at the Sony open and a lot of these short positional courses. Um, But yeah, you know, I don't have a ton of bombs. I mentioned CT pan as well. I should mention him. I bet him at 180 to one, but yeah, you know, you're right. I, I find myself more recently not going as much the long shot route that I typically do. 
Fair enough. Um, okay, let's chat a little of the out. Excuse me, the matchup market here. So I've got both uh, DraftKings and Bet three six five up here. Um, there were a couple of interesting ones, like they gave Morikawa the nod minus one thirty to Emiliano Grillo. I thought that could have probably been a different matchup for for Morikawa at the top. I thought it was a very natural, like give me the victor versus Morikawa yeah. matchup here. Um, Justin Lauer has just been awesome so yeah. he gained at least a stroke to the field um in every round last week which is just that solid floor that i like and he's been playing awesome and he's even money to sebastian munoz is minus 120 i like munoz but you could see him finding some mangroves this week could you not <laughs> yeah absolutely um yeah i i i i I have a difficult time fading Munoz just because I like, I like Munoz this week, but yeah, Lauer, you know, it's, he's another guy I was talking about yesterday. Um, he might be good. He is another guy that has shown that like, he is a really, really good wedge player. The sample size isn't as great as we have for Hoagie, yeah. but he has shown that this is like a skill that he has in his arsenal. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any, I mean, we do this every week just for pure pain purposes. Who's Taylor Montgomery matched up against? Uh, I've got a Mav McNeely on bet 365. Uh, okay. McNeely is minus 120. And, oh, I think, I think you might like this one. Hoagie minus yeah. 120. Yeah. That's what you want, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing that. Yeah. I'm going down with the ship with this Taylor Montgomery thing. He's going to lose five strokes putting one week. It may be a year from now. And I'm going to do the biggest I told you so lap ever. And then he's going to gain like six the next and week. And then he'll gain six the next week. Right, right. Um, okay, Any anything else? We don't usually get into like the, uh, you know, like the, we had, dude, so you saw last week that they had, DraftKings had the, the wrong line for that. I think it was Knox and Dietrich to both finish in yeah. five. And it was like, I don't know, four times too, too long. And I think for the first, 36 holes both those guys were in the top five and i was getting all the tweets and like i got my 50 bucks in i got my 10 bucks in let's go let's go and then uh dietrich finished runner up but Knox, i guess faded to i don't even know what he finished yeah ha have you seen it that one have you spotted anything crazy this week or are the is the DraftKings intern maybe he got a stern talking to last week yeah i think i i think he got a stern talking to i don't see anything uh, outrage. The most outrageous things are. Um, all right, I'm not. I'm not going to show you. What do you think, dude? These hole in one props are. I'm going to open a book and just do hole in one props. What do you think the true odds for? Let's just say Victor Hovland, and these are short par threes. Like, what are the true odds he makes a hole in one this week? Uh, probably five hundred to one. Okay, sixty-five to one is what DraftKings is done. Yeah, with no. They, I also, okay. If I'm when I run for president and all of my platform is just like sports betting stuff, um, I would require books to offer a no, yeah, yes. I mean, do people bet this? I mean, they I feel have, like people do, field. they have like every player in the field, and then and then they drew the line and said, Marty Dow is actually 80 to one to Adam Hadwin's 60. Oh we started to draw God. the line here. Um, I guess people bet these, they got every player in the field. That's crazy to me. Yeah. You are a, honestly like hats. If you're betting Marty's Al hole in one this week, like 
you're a man after my own heart. Like, hell yeah. Imagine hell that yeah. finally coming through and you getting 80 times your money. Should be like yeah, and, times your money. <laughs> and I guess you could say, like, listen, I'm gonna bet Marty Dow 80 times. I'm gonna bet Marty Dow to make a hole in one in this next 80 tournaments. And you can't really talk to me until the 81st tournament when I'm really down. It's <laughs> insane. Uh the only guy that I would actually bet, not actually, but like Corey Connors seems to make a hole in one every six weeks. That's the guy that probably, but then again, they probably have him at like 35 to one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. We'll continue to talk props. We'll talk one and done, but we're going to take a quick break and hear a word about Andy's podcast. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, the Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Okay, Andy, the uh, prize picks golf market is not available uh, as of yet, unless you want to get involved on um, hits, runs, and RBIs. Hits plus runs plus RBIs for tonight's World Series game. Uh, Bryce Harper is one and a half. Yeah, you know, so as a Philly fan, like, what's the state of the union? Like, how I, I hate the Astros as a Yankee yeah. fan. Like, how, how are we feeling? So, um, I mean, if you split on the road, which they did, that's a win. Right. So yes. you go one and one on the road. Also, a little bit of house money here for the Phillies, right? They they were the wild card team. They were 28 to one when the playoffs started to win the World Series. It reminds me a lot of when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and they were underdogs and on the road every single week. And they just embraced this like us against the world underdog. It reminds me a lot of that. This is all gravy to me, right? Like this team fired their manager. What? 60 games in this should have been just a nothing burger of a season the fact that it's 1-1 game three of the world series i'm it is all gravy for me yeah that game one was phenomenal by the way re, re, who's the jd real muto or something the yeah, guy that it's had them yeah yeah um i'm rooting for you guys yeah i i agree and and i think baseball from what i've heard from I'm not a huge baseball guy, but from the guys that I follow that follow baseball a lot more closely, they have said that baseball is the most conducive to variable outcomes, right? So it, it, you are going to see the most variance from week to week. So even if you think a team like the Astros looks unsinkable, baseball, you never know. They, it is, baseball is. I mean, obviously like the money ball, like you can just dive in. They're so they, they baseball has finally figured it out with all of the advanced metrics and everything. And it's, it's a team. It's a, it's an individual sport disguised as a team sport, right? I mean, it's, yeah. a team sport, but it's this pitcher versus this batter. And it's just like a very individual thing, which uh, I love. The other thing is this is an entire, I, I thank God I don't live in Philly anymore because I'm sure sports talk radio is just nuts right now because Thursday is, Texans versus Eagles and the Eagles are undefeated. It's just a right. constant Houston versus Philly thing. Yeah. And you have a really like interesting Sixers team too. Like 
rough start to the season, but like a lot of intrigue and preseason expectations as well. Um, yeah, Philly sports making a little bit of a renaissance there. Uh, real quick, just to so so prize picks is is when these props come out probably later today. I think they start dropping after um, the tea times come out which is probably something that we forced them to do because we were slaying them so much based on wave advantages. But the, the code you're looking for is Rick. There's a link in the description. You can get a deposit bonus. The one thing, Andy, um, thinking about fairways, right? You got to play accurately. You'll see a lot of guys club down. You'll see a lot of guys play positionally. Do, do you think that that impacts uh, how many fairways some of these guys are going to end up hitting? Yeah, I think out of necessity, like you need to hit fairways at this course or you're like literally going to shoot over par. You're, I mean, it's just not going to happen. So yeah, I, I would be looking at fairways props, right? Like a player who player like Morikawa probably, uh, or even Hovland who gets a lot of run for his distance, but is also like one of the most accurate drivers of the ball on the PGA tour. Um, I would definitely be looking to go over on some of the fairway props based on the numbers. I want to take a second to talk about Athletic Greens, which has become a staple in my daily routine. And for those of you who have been following for a while, you know that I take gut health very seriously. So I started taking AG1 as an attempt to get everything down there under control. And I've been taking it for a few weeks, and I feel much better throughout the day. I'm having way less acid reflux, and I've been able to stay focused for longer when I'm sitting in front of a computer. It's one scoop of a green drink that I take first thing in the morning, and I know what you're thinking. A green drink? Like, trust me, I've I've tried all of them, and most have a chalky or a chunky taste to them, which is not great. Most smell horrible. I'll I'll admit all of that. Uh, Athletic Greens for me bucks that trend. It's smooth. There's there's no chunks. The smell is is just fine, and it's easy enough for me to get get it down when I take it at five thirty in the morning. It's legit seventy five high quality vitamins, probiotics, and adaptogens. So it's no surprise that I'm actually feeling better. And when I rattle off the benefits, it sounds like it's going to be really expensive. Uh, it's quite reasonable. It comes out to about three dollars a day, and I tell my wife all the time. There is no price that I wouldn't pay to feel good, especially gut stuff, because it controls so much other things that go on in your body. So imagine paying $3 a day to feel good. That's some of the best ROI I could ever imagine. Um, So if you want to get involved, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. Uh, visit athleticgreens.com slash 300 yards. Again, that's athleticgreens.com 300 yards to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay. Um, one and done. So you and I are in a slap fight over here. Um, I went with Aaron Rye last week, got 15,275. You went with Nick Hardy, got 56550 so i'm at 305 for the year you're at 178 um i mean maybe we can just break through the million dollar mark sometime before <laughs> april <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah it's been a lot of like i think nick hardy with like a t24 was one of my better results of the season so yeah i need a top 5 I kind of want to, I'm not going to do it. I thought, you know, I, I thought for a second, it's just, just play Victor. Like, honestly, play. Is there another spot where 
you are not going, you're going to really want Victor more than this week. I'm not going to, oh, well, it's you first. Yeah, it's me first. Which Okay, you go first. I'm going to take Victor. So um, I, I think the situation is, it's interesting, right? Um, obviously, this is a, an event and a course that sets up really well for him. It's one that I know that he wants quite badly. And is there another scenario, unless he goes on to win multiple times, that he will be 10 to 1 anywhere else? Like, like are you going to get a, a, a 10 to 1 victor anywhere else? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. He's not the type of player yet where you feel like you need to save him for a major championship. You know, there's a couple spots that he's had a lot of success at before. Bay Hill, I think, is a pretty good course for him. I think Memorial, Riviera, these are all good courses for him with bigger purses than this week. But you're going to have guys at all of those courses that you can feel pretty comfortable with. I can't argue with the Victor pick here. Do you think that he's going to be the most popular one and done? For sure. In fact, I'm actually probably not going to choose him in the run and done because as yeah. of right now, site-wide, he's 22% owned, uh, by far the most popular. So I will probably use someone else because there's, what, 800 people in the in the run and done. But between you and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Victor. But yeah, he's seemingly shaping up to be far and away the most popular. Yeah, well, in the run and done, I mean, you could pick any player in the field and that would probably be better than my selection, which has been no one for the past two weeks. Um, but I, I I, respect the Victor play. I guess I'm going to go with Aaron Wise. I just, I don't know how many times Aaron Wise is going to be uh, 20 to one and I'm not going to bet Aaron Wise at 20 yeah. to one and... Don't know if I'm going to play him in DraftKings either because it seems like he's going to be pretty popular. So I think one and done. I like Aaron Wise this week. I just, the betting number's a little short for me. So I, I typically like to play guys that don't make it onto my betting card, but I want some exposure to in, in one and done. And that's Aaron Wise for me this week. Shaping up that Victor is about 22% Aaron Wise, about 13 and a half. Billy Horschel, 13.1. Those are the only three golfers above 9% at the moment. Hoagie and Finau at 8.8 and 7.2. Anyone, I mean, <laughs> which I, I would hate to burn Colin Morikawa at a, uh, in Mayakoba. I'll look up what the winner's share is, but looking at the 2.4% right now. Yeah, that may be the play in the run and done. That's too, that's too short. That is honestly way too short for Are Colin. You, I'd like, love to see you, that. So it's the winner share is 1.47, which is up from last year. Yeah. I mean, I, I like we talked about the major championships on a podcast earlier last week. Like I kind of have my guys for the majors. I don't have Colin Morikawa as winning a major this year. Um, he, he certainly could, but I, th the places that I would want to burn Morikawa over this, I don't think you need to use him at a major, but, uh, you know, it's your Rivieras, it's right. your course, you know, cor he'll probably like be very close to the top of the odds board at colonial and heritage. If he plays, which, you know, I guess has a bigger purse than this, but not not like crazy bigger. So I, I definitely see the logic in playing Morikawa here. That'll be interesting when 
RBC Heritage Travelers are now like $20 million. That's right. Yeah, elevated. Right? So, hmm. all right. Have to have to think through that this uh, this offseason. Okay, Andy. Anything else uh, before we get out of here for Mayakoba or anything? You, we you mentioned it. Uh, we recorded a, a podcast on on your show uh, a couple of days ago. Do we know when that's coming out? Yeah, it's coming out the first week after golf stops. So we have two more events. We have Houston Open and RSM. I will release that one literally the. Monday after the RSM. So uh, two weeks from now, it's a good one. Just to tease it, Kyle Porter, first time on the podcast. Yeah. Joseph Lamania, really smart dude that I've been, I've, I've been riding for, for a while in terms of a guy that should get more exposure and really knows his stuff. And uh, it's a fun one. So look out for that one. We had a good time. Uh, just a couple weeks left. I'll be at the RSM Classic. So if anybody's going to be mm. there, I'll, I'll probably be there. It's shaping up like Thursday and Friday, which I know is not always conducive for people who are like, oh, I'm going to be there on Saturday, which is obviously when most people show up. But if you're going to be out there Thursday or Friday, uh, sounds like I will I will be there and uh, should be a good time. I've never been there. Have you been to Sea Island? Never been to Sea Island. It's on my list. Seems like like a pretty good golf destination. Um, but that should hard, be fun. Kind of hard to get to. You have to fly into Jacksonville and then like drive an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. But yeah, not, that's not. an ideal. Last thing do you want to tease is the fantasy stuff, dude. So this is, I've been up to my ears in season long fantasy stuff, which is great. Right. Because I think, you know, when you, 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 Joe and myself, um, were kind of talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and it was like, I, we, like this is going to be well received, right? Like we think this is going to be well received, yeah. and we think people are going to enjoy it. And for for people to be kind of over the moon and ready to play season long fantasy is it, it was exciting. So I think our our thoughts. Uh, it's hard for us to kind of be like, oh, of course it's going to be popular, right? Like we're going to like it. Doesn't everybody like it? But I think that's being validated at this point. Yeah, uh, give I give you all the credit for have being the brainchild of this. I I just, it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, man, this hits all the notes of why fantasy football is so popular. You don't really run into some of the issues that you do with fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball. Um, This actually has like a more structured singular focus the way that football does on a week to week basis. So I personally cannot wait. So where we're at right now, the update for where we're at right now is we had 113 people say, I'll be a commissioner, which is amazing because we got to like create all these leagues and we got to get the settings all updated. So uh, the the commissioners and myself right now are going through and creating a bunch of leagues uh, with a bunch of different settings. Some might be snake drafts, some might be auctions, some might be whatever, right? 10 teams, 12 teams, six teams. Um, and then hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll be able to release this spreadsheet that we have and say, okay, here are all the available leagues. Here are all the links to the available leagues. Have at it. Go, go join, go pick the ones that are right for you. And um, we'll kind of build a little, a little community. And then our, our league, um, I've, I've got one spot left. And I'm not even going to say it on air who I'm, who I have in mind for this spot. Uh, but, but you and I are going to play in a, a, a league that is, sh- should be a lot of fun. Yeah. And we'll do a draft. Yep. 
live, right? We'll live yeah, stream live or it somewhere. It'll definitely yeah. be on video somewhere, whether we do it live or just record it and release it, but it'll definitely all be documented. Yeah. Right. So we would do that probably what sometime around Thanksgiving or in December. I wouldn't even mind waiting until like, well, yeah, I guess it would either late December or like the week of the tournament of champions. If we're going to start at the Sony open and sure, just, you know, something like that, but yeah, sometime in the next December, January ish. Yeah. So how can, if somebody's listening to this right now and they want to get involved, where would you point them? So what I'll do is I'll ask Armina to put the link in the description. <laughs> so there's a, <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a sign up form. So she'll add this. So there's a sign up form. It's a Google form. It's like four questions long. Are you interested in playing? What's a good email address for you? Are, would you be willing to be a commissioner? Yes or no. And then, um, how, like what type of buy-in would you want to play for? Cause we want to get, there's some people just want to play for free. Some people want to play for 25 bucks. Some people, so, somebody emailed me and was like, I want to start the $10,000 league. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not sure how many people you're going to get, but I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate your, uh, your, your dedication to this. So our, Armina will put the link in the description. It's in there right now. If you refresh and then just sign up and then I'll be sending out communication as we get closer. Cool. Exciting stuff. Yeah. All right. I love it. Andy Lack available on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. Producer Mina, all the hard work behind the scenes. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your betting preview for this week's Mayakoba Championship. Good luck.